All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. How's your coffee, Nico? Very good, very good. Good morning. How are you? Fine. How's the couch? <laughs> Pretty comfortable. <laughs> 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 so it's nice to be on a comfortable couch with a lovely coffee and a beautiful spring day in Pretoria. So, I mean, that's really excellent. Good. So, Nico, um, there are some mm-hmm. questions for you, but I'm going to go straight yeah, okay. into your, um, what is it, a pebble? What are we talking yeah. about here? I'm I just thought, trying to I find thought it. for entertainment, we'll, we'll do this, um, and then we can go into the questions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, part of cars, as I, you know, I say all the time, is all about dreaming. And about, So, in other words, we sell dreams, not cars. In this case, um, it's a, a caravan from a company called Pebble, and the caravan is called the Pebble Flow. Um, now, it's an electric caravan. So yeah. companies, um, a few companies um, work together. Tesla, Volvo, Lucid Motors, Cruise, Zooks, and Apple yeah. have worked to, together to envision this trailer. But you can actually buy this Pebble Flow trailer. Yeah. Um, it is 100% pure electric. It has a 45 kilowatt hour battery. Um, now, that's, that's considered like a, a small fuel tank. So um, it's got an electric or two electric motors that drive the trailer. Um, and effectively, the idea is that that helps with range. If you have an electric car and you want to tow your trailer, um, trailers really kill the range of an electric car because that dead weight um, um, really, you know, it's quite a heavy, heavy weight to pull. So in other words, if you're trying a trailer, that really destroys the range. So the idea with the people's flow is that it can assist you with with driving, um, it can also um, you can stay off the grid with the pebble flow. Um, so if you're camping with it um, for quite a few days, you can actually stay off the grid because it has a battery that can run all your appliances. Yeah. Um, so effectively, that's what the pebble flow trailer is. Um, so it's really well designed. It's a, I think it's inside. It's a beautiful thing, um, quite interesting. Um, the only downside I can see is the price, which before import tax, Michelle. Um, is a, <laughs> a staggering yes. 0.3 million rands. <laughs> That's before import tax hits you. Uh, but it's quite cool. I've sent you the link to the website. and um, It's so, also remote control. So you stop your car and then you remote control, drive it up to the car and just hook it on. I just, so just to get some clarity, I'm looking at the picture of it and I've gone online, etc. So mm-hmm. is the pebble, go, it, it, if it's got an electrical, is it actually pushing the car that's drawing it forward? No, it's basically just um, pulling its own weight. So in other words, instead of pulling a dead weight, it's dri- it can drive the wheel so that you, it effectively helps with range. Um, okay. So, but also it can drive itself. So if you want to, sometimes when you're doing a trailer, um, if you're not skilled, it can be quite difficult. Some people actually do it quite well, or a caravan. So in this case, because it has electric motors, you can also park it. If you go camping, you stop there, you unhook it, and then you remote control, park it where you want it to go. So the idea is that you... Um, it, it can assist the, the car. It can also use um, the, the, the lithium-ion battery to um, run all the appliances. It can be off-grid for up to seven days. So, oh, okay. It looks like one yeah. of those silver streams. Those, you know those American silver stream? Um, yeah. is, that, is that a good, good way of I describing think so. it? I think so. Let's call it a, a modern silver stream. The silver streams are really beautiful caravans. So this is a very aerodynamic modern caravan. Mm. Um, although this is more glamping than camping. I mean, if you pay 2.3 million rand, I mean, this is before import tax. So 
Let's imagine it's another 50%. So you're really glamping with this thing. But yeah. it was just interesting because inside it's really, when you look at all the glass uh, all around and, and the modern design, I think it's just a beautiful thing. And um, so if you, if you like camping and you want to really dream about how nice your camping could be or your glamping, then the pebble flow is, an, is a good is it, option for you. Uh, do you think it's, um, do you think, is it, is it in the country at the moment? No, it's, it's not in South Africa. It's, um, I've seen it in America, so I'm not sure. Uh, well, actually in Europe, because it's also um, shown in, in, in the prices in pounds. So it's not in South Africa. I'm not sure if it, at that price it will come here. But you always get somebody that imports. You know, there's always strange things happening. And maybe somewhere on holiday, we used to go to Tewer Strand when I was younger. Maybe so one day you get there to Tewer Strand and there's a table flow. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> okay. So Mapale in Matatiela is asking you, um, what's your opinion about ordinary air versus nitrogen in tyres? You know, that, that, you know, that can be a long conversation. Um, um, That's fine. We've got time. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll try and do the short one because I always do a long one. Well, um, let's say a medium one. So the, um, the idea or the theory with nitrogen is that the bubbles are bigger so that they're less likely to escape, plus nitrogen runs cooler, which is better for the tyre. Um, the difficult thing with nitrogen is just um, at a fitting station, they don't necessarily have nitrogen. So normally when you buy new tyres, they might give you nitrogen for free, or if you want to put nitrogen, they're going to charge you initially for the initial nitrogen in the tires, but after that, a lot of the places the top up is for free. So the, the only difficult or the downside of nitrogen is simply practically where, where can you go to get nitrogen um, and fill up, in other words, because the idea is that you then keep putting nitrogen back in the tires if the tire pressures, you know, if you lose pressure, but uh, the benefit of nitrogen is it tends to be more stable. It, you, it, the, the pressure tends to be the same. It doesn't drop as quickly. Although there's already a lot of nitrogen anyway. If you look at air, there's a lot of nitrogen already in air. But that's the theory. So I, I'm still not sure because I, uh, before I'd one stage, I put nitrogen in my cast tires. And then um, the difficult thing is always, okay, now I need to check the pressures and then I need to go to a place where I can put nitrogen in. So now I'm, so I was, at, was in air, then I was in nitrogen in my car. Now I'm just back to simply putting air back into the tires. Um, instead of nitrogen or normal area of filling station. But the big thing is just check your pressures regularly because if they fall even by 0.2, that does affect the tyre wear and the tyre length. So, hey, uh, are you saying that next time I go and fill my car's tyres that I should be asking for nitrogen? No, you can't really. You've got to, you can't really just add nitrogen. So in other words, if you, you, you start, let's say, imagine it's a system that you then buy into, if I put it like that. Yeah. If you've got normal air in your tyre, you you don't really just stop up with, with nitrogen. That's pointless. So you take all the air out and you fill the tire with nitrogen. So you either have nitrogen in the tire or air in the tire. And then when your tire pressures run low, you put nitrogen back into the tire or air back into the tire. But the idea is that nitrogen runs cooler and in theory, um, it's less likely to escape. So the, the tends to stay more constant, the pressures. Okay. So, so what you're saying is that like I could once the, I could just get all the air out of my tires, just go to the petrol station and say, fill it up with nitrogen. Yes, but you don't get that at a petrol station. You only get that at a tire place. So oh. petrol stations don't have nitrogen. So that's the downside is if you, if you go to um, a petrol station, they just have normal air. You've got to go to a, a tire place that, um, where you buy tires and they'll normally have nitrogen. So they'll probably charge you the first time and offer that your top ups are for free. So that's a difficult thing. You can't, if it's 12 o'clock at night and you suddenly need air, um, you want to top up. Not that that's the best idea, but 
then you can't get nitrogen because it's anaerophilic. And you can't, um, you would still do it according to the same number of bars on your tyres? Exactly. So the pressure stays the same. Yeah. But um, as I said, it runs a bit cooler and you're less likely to lose pressure. But I've now gone back to air again. So I'm still not sure, to be honest. I've gone from air to nitrogen back to air again. Just more convenient. Okay, I've got a question from Brian and Protea Glenn. But as I'm going to ask the question, go to a break and you'll come back and answer it. And the okay. question is, is nitrogen legal? He says, we see Vin Diesel movies and Fast or Furious or drag racing. And won't the car be damaged because of the, temper- the tampering with speed and temperature? So we'll go to a break, and when we come back, you can answer that. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Chatting to our wonderful petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico, the question from Brian was about nitrogen and its legality. And I'm wondering, isn't there another way that nitrogen is used in a car as well? So it's not just in your tires. And maybe yeah. that's the question as well. Exactly. So in other words, we, we, we should be talking about nitrogen in, in your um, um, tires. So a car works with a fuel M mixture. We call this it's the stoichiometric ratio, which is 14.7 to 1. In other words, it's a certain amount of 14.7 parts air and one part fuel. So if you look at your cylinder, um, the more air you can get in there, the more fuel you can get in there, the bigger the band. So um, what, what happens is that's what a turbocharger does. It adds more air, and then you can add more fuel, and that's why you can have a a one liter engine that actually feels like a 1600 because um, you're forcing more air in there, more fuel, bigger bag. So um, if I'm not mistaken, what nitrogen does is it's very cool compressed air. So what, they, what then happens is because you've got that cool compressed air, you can add more fuel so you can make a much bigger bang for the same cylinder volume. But the, the energy is so much that um, if you don't strengthen your engine, it's not going to last. So it's probably more drag races and, and special uh, things you have to do. It's not like you just simply add in nitrogen. Um, so um, I think maybe that's what he's referring to when it's nitrogen in the car. Definitely your engine is, uh, you have to do quite a few modifications, but if you have, you know, I'm not sure that's really for, for reliability and normal driving. It's more just to get maximum performance for a short burst out of your car. And would that be, um, like you said, drag racing, could it also be like the spinners, like the Gouchet spinners? I guess you could do that, but in their case, it's different because their case, it's simply getting the car sideways. So you don't need a lot of nitrogen. You simply need a rear-wheel drive car and a way to, 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 pitch, to, to, to lose traction at the back of the car, either with a more powerful engine or simply if you can lock up the rear wheels or you can pitch the car in. There's a few ways to do that. Um, or just you just increase a heck of a lot the rear pressures and so keep the front pressures sort of standard and you either have very bold tires or very hard tires at the back. So a lot of grip in the back and not a lot of grip in the front and off you go, the car sideways. So I think it's a sort of a different thing. Is that, um, uh, have you watched Spinners on Showmax? The South, no, the South African about, French version. Well, it's I not know, a version, it's I, a series. I, I haven't watched it. I know about it. Yeah. Um, it, it me, the, the, the crowd control and things like that scared me quite a lot. Um, because if you have a car sideways and a lot of people standing around, things can go wrong. And, and just in my mind, normally if I think driver training or racing or a track day, I'm number one focused on safety and how can we be safe. So things like that, if I do watch it, scare me endlessly because of the <laughs> dangers involved and people standing close by and people getting out of cars. Um, so, oh, but it's interesting. He's a little, so he's I, I a little scary cat as our Nico. I am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Nico, we've got another question for you. Uh, let's go straight to it. 
Uh, good morning, Sister Michelle uh, and uh, Petrol Head Nico. Please, man, ask uh, the Petrol Head there. Uh, I want to buy a car and then I I did the Mazda CX-5. And then I would like to ask if it's a good car to buy or not. What do you think of the Mazda CX-5? Mazdas uh, are great. It's, yeah, no, no, the CX-5 is a lovely car. It's a, it's a, it's a, I like it a lot. I've driven it. For, um, it's a nice car. It's spacious. Um, the only downside is that it's a normally aspirated engine, where some of the competitors have turbo engines, so you're going to rev a little bit more, and it might not be as efficient as other cars, but that's a small downside. Otherwise, the upside is very reliable car, um, spacious inside, nice, comfortable drive. It's a, it's a car I quite like. So, yeah, if you like it, I also like it a lot, so good choice. Didn't you once drive a Mazda? Yeah, I've driven a few Mazdas um, over the years. I've, I've test-driven and we've reviewed quite a few Mazdas. Um, and as I said, I, I actually really, every time I've, drive, I've driven them, I've quite enjoyed them. So um, the SUVs, yeah. It's, okay. As I said, I think it's a, it's a really nice car. So if you like it, you know, at the end of the day, I, I know I always say this as well, you've got to drive the car, so you've got to like it because you're the one that's going to be sitting inside it and driving it all the time. So, of course, you can also look at the CX-60, but it's quite a bit more expensive than the, the CX-5. Um, so I, I don't know what the budget would be, and if you're buying a new car or a second-hand car, the six five has been around for a while, so it's not a brand new car anymore. You know, it's been around in the market for quite a bit. Um, the CX sixty is quite is really really nice, but there's quite a big jump. Well, it depends on which one you're buying. So, mm. if, if if money's no issue, the CX sixty would be nicer than the CX five. But yeah, you know, it's, it's if you're looking at reliability in a car that'll last you a long time, that's a good choice and no issues. What's the difference between the turbo and the aspirated? So you get um, what you call normally aspirated or naturally aspirated, and a turbo. So naturally aspirated, this means the car has to breathe on its own. So it has to, this distance would suck in the air. Um, and, um, where if you have a turbo engine, you effectively have like a hairdryer attached to the engine. So a turbo forces more air into the engine. So if you, for, um, you use exhaust gases to spin a turbo, so, but it's like just like a hairdryer. So basically forces more air in. And you always have to get to that 14.7 um, fuel air ratio. So if you're forcing more air in, you can put more fuel in. And more air and more fuel means a bigger bang in that same volume. So what you do is, instead of having, let's say normally you'd have a 2-liter, you now have a 1400 turbo engine, which is then more efficient, but if, when you're driving it, it actually feels like a 2-liter. So um, that's what a lot of manufacturers have done. They've gone to turbocharging. So when you drive, especially at the coast, you're not really going to feel a massive difference. But when you come to Gauteng, for every 100 meters above sea level, you lose 1% in performance in a naturally aspirated engine. So if I'm in Pretoria, it's 1,400 meters above sea level. So if you have a non-turbo car, you lose 14% of the power in Pretoria versus at the coast. If you have a turbo car, the turbo compensates for that, so you have almost no losses. Um, so if you drive the cars at the coast, so let's say two cars have 100 kilowatts, one is a turbo, one doesn't have a turbo, they feel fairly similar. If you come to Gauteng, that car with a turbo, you'd feel uh, it will feel much stronger than the, the naturally aspirated car. Wow. Okay. So one should rather go for a turbo if one possibly can. Well, not necessarily. And um, uh, I think it's just some manufacturers uh, um, have turbo cars and some manufacturers don't have turbo cars. So 
But benefit of a turbo car is simply um, manufacturers talk about downsizing. So they go to smaller engines with a turbo. So you're getting a benefit of a smaller engine. So you're getting the benefit of efficiency. Mm-hmm. And they're normally quite talky, so they, they, they are nicer to drive. If, you've driven, um, if you drive a turbo car for quite a bit and then drive an actual aspect car, you do feel a difference. They, they feel a bit more drivable. But it wouldn't put me off. Like the Mazda, both the CX-5 and the CX-60 are naturally aspirated engines. But, uh, you know, I, um, I would, it wouldn't put me off. They're lovely cars to drive. Nico, is the one, is it more costly to put in turbo um, for uh, petrol? Again? Is it more costly for petrol or diesel if you have turbo? No, they tend to be more efficient, actually, um, because um, if you, um, um, uh, yeah, diesel cars, of course, in Iraq are more efficient if you have a 2-litre diesel versus a 2-litre petrol, a 2-litre diesel would be more efficient. But turbo cars, simply because the engine is smaller, um, okay. they, they, if you, especially if you're not driving them hard, they tend to be more efficient. So if you have a 2-litre with 100 kilowatts and a 1.4 turbo with 100 kilowatts, that 1.4 is more likely to be efficient as opposed to the 2-litre. Excellent. And if you have a 2-litre diesel versus 2-litre petrol, a 2-litre diesel tends, tends to be more efficient than a 2-litre petrol. So I see that someone has said, where's the chocolate cake recipe? <laughs> Michelle, you have it somewhere. <laughs> Michelle, like, you've got it somewhere in the archive. So that's the, that's the interesting one. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, I mean, it's a while back, but maybe you can just uh, remind us next week again because it seems that uh, okay, people are still asking for your chocolate cake. I'm gonna, I think we have I'm to play that song. Again. What was it? Crowded House, Chocolate Cake. I mean, yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, do that next time as well. Okay, Nico, have a fabulous day. Bring that.